gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. After John was arrested, Jesus came from Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus then passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He said to them, follow me and I'll make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and they followed him. As he walked a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in their boat mending their nets. Immediately, he called them and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men and they followed Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. So, we have engaged a pretty serious training regimen for our new puppy, Rosie. Something I've never done before with any of the other dogs in my life. She will be a year old in March, and she spent a week away at puppy camp at a place called Purpose Driven Canine a few weeks ago, and she learned to do a few things like heel, which means to walk in stride, always to the left, a little bit behind the person who's holding her leash. She's learning to auto-sit, which means that when her person stops walking, (laughs) not only does she stop walking, but she sits without her human having to say or do too much, but tug a little bit on her leash. And she's also learning this thing called place, which is to stay put in one spot and then be glad about it. We're still working on that glad part. If you've ever met a puppy, especially the one who lives at my house, you know that that is a pretty high bar to place and then be glad about it. All of it is in service to what her trainers and the program call achieving coffee shop mentality. Coffee shop mentality is achieved when your dog can sit still, maintain a relaxed state of mind and a calm presence, even when they're out and about in the world sitting in a coffee shop, perhaps, or at their dad's feet during the sermon in spite of whatever dogs or people or talking stuffed animals or squirrels might be running around to otherwise tempt and distract and excite them. But it all seems to begin with following. So, of course, I thought about this morning's gospel. Jesus is out and about, rounding up followers, and unlike Rosie... James and John and Simon and Andrew just seem to follow him. They do what they're told right out of the gate. No cynical questions like Nathaniel asked last week, can anything good come out of Nazareth? No hesitation like Mark's gospel describes anyway. No tangible endgame either for these disciples, except for this strange promise of fishing for people, whatever that means, which really isn't all that tempting a lot of days, is it? 
Sometimes you just want to fish for fish. But Jesus seems to simply walk on by, nonetheless, extend the invitation, and those first disciples follow him, the heel, if you will, like perfectly trained, purpose-driven puppies. And what I love about Jesus is the same thing I wondered about when I saw the handful of dogs in Rosie's obedience class. Every one of them, different from the next, and nothing but a bunch of mutts. We're not exactly sure even what Rosie is. Some kind of lab German shepherd mix, we believe. In her class, her canine classmates included one probably purebred husky-looking hound, but otherwise the breed or the pedigree of those pooches wasn't clear. Nothing but a bunch of mutts, like I said. And Jesus' disciples weren't much to crow about when it came to pedigree either. Fishermen, tax collectors, some women who don't even get named or mentioned most of the time. But just like any good dog trainer, Jesus seems to think he can work with anyone. That everyone has something to learn, some way to grow, something to offer with a little guidance, some inspiration, a good example, and a whole lot of love. I think that's because the time had finally come near for Jesus. Like Jonah that we heard about in our Old Testament reading so many generations before, Jesus was calling anyone who had listened to him to pay attention to what was going on in their lives and what was going on in the world around them, to recognize their part in that, too, and to repent, to change to be transformed by the good news God was trying to bring to bear upon the world instead of all that. See, Gina, Jonah was driven to speak out against the wickedness and the evil and the violence among the people of Nineveh. Jesus was moved by much of the same and motivated by, in his case, the arrest of John the Baptist. Jesus was feeling the call upon his life from that day, down by the river, when he was declared beloved and son of God and the one with whom God was so well pleased. So Jesus was moved to help that good news come to pass, to get the ball rolling of God's grace for the sake of the world in a big, new, and abundant kind of way. And there is enough in our lives, plenty, going on in the world that I hope moves us to want to more faithfully recognize our part in the brokenness that surrounds us. As hard as it can be to acknowledge or to admit, we are the people of Nineveh, I believe, with plenty of wickedness and evil and violence and sin and brokenness for which to repent and for which we should long to repair. I'll spare you the litany of those specifics for now. I feel like I've been banging that drum enough lately. But like those first disciples by the sea, like Rosie, the cutest dog in town, our ability to change and to be changed, to be transformed and to find and live out our purpose, begins with following. In the face of everything that surrounds us, we stay close, a little bit behind, keep our eyes always trained on our master. 
we stop every once in a while and we listen carefully for the next command. Because there are so many distractions and challenges and temptations to do otherwise. And sometimes God leads us to green, peaceful pastures and beside still waters. Sometimes there are mountains. Sometimes there are valleys. Sometimes there are rough places. Sometimes the path is straight, too. Sometimes God leads us into the center of Nineveh or toward no place we would ever choose to go if we could. Sometimes God leads us through sickness and fear and grief and gladness. But the hope, the point of it all, is that God is always leading, always calling us to follow, and God has already arrived to and is already waiting at whatever lies ahead for us. That's good news. So I've decided our coffee shop mentality, as Rosie's trainers call it, is something like what it means to live in and to be in the world, but not of the world, always, as people of God's good news. To know and to understand and to be grateful for our place in the grip of God's grace so that the hardships and the challenges and the temptations that surround us don't have the power to unsettle or tempt or distract so much that we lose our focus on where God is calling us to follow. Always home. Always toward mercy and forgiveness and redemption. Always in the name of Jesus the one who calls us and leads the way first, even through death in the grave, so that we might follow him with obedience, with faith, with hope toward resurrection and new life in his name. Amen.